God damn it, Frank. Kill everyone now. Condone first degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. You eat shit. What's the matter? You don't eat meat? Oh, I eat meat. They'll say lots of shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill. Eat shit, Jake. You can just stand there and kiss a dog's titties for all I care. Fuck off, hillbilly. Eat shit, body perm. We're gonna make them eat our shit, then shit out our shit, and then eat their shit that's made up of our shit that we made them eat. These little guys eat shit all day long in Tokyo. Slurp shit and die. I'm sorry, Mommy. I was just really hungry. If you're that hungry, why don't you go and eat shit? and girls children of all ages welcome back to another episode of double h-e-s we are joined by our good buddies out in new york sean and frank from the proprietor who have written well frank wrote it frank wrote it <laughs> frank, wrote, <laughs> frank wrote our intro music before we threw all the eat shits over it so uh frank's sort of royalty here and sean hates everything like us so he's royalty here too welcome back guys yeah, thank you guys Thanks so much for having us. us tonight. So tonight, we picked a topic. Uh, we've been actually prepping for this for months. <laughs> but my research is still fucking slim. I feel like I could go the rest of the year looking into this. So we're doing cosmic horror tonight, which is a very puzzling topic. Yeah, I feel like there's really no way to do this right. So No, we're going to fuck this up no matter what. Yeah, so uh, we're driving with the seatbelt off, headed towards a brick wall, going fucking 90. I yeah. dig it. I live for this shit. <laughs> none of us are like literary scholars, maybe Sean, but none of us are like literary scholars in the H.P. Lovecraft or none of that. So yeah. we might be missing themes and all that, but yeah. we're going to do our best to uh, dive into it as far as film goes. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, when I read H.P. Lovecraft, I realize how stupid I am. I mean, he wrote it to make you feel stupid, though. That's his whole thing. Another thing, though, is he wrote about people writing and people reading. Like, why am I reading about people reading? (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of, like, secondhand (laughs) accounts. Like, oh, and then I found this fucking diary. Yeah. And then there's just, like, endless descriptions of bulbous, pussy, fucking cephalopods. Yeah, but he never really <laughs> describes them either, which I'm curious how these artists get their illustrations because the way he describes things is to confuse you. There's definitely yeah. like a lot of liberties taken, and I think um, he seemed to uh, try to be descriptive, but also something where it makes you, it makes your brain go to a place, yes. you know, without you know giving away every every little part of whatever monster he's describing at the time. Right. And there are many. Yeah. So he's the originator of what you would call weird fiction, correct? I mean, between him and Poe uh, and, and Arthur Mackin, I they'd think be the originators he, of weird fiction. He they were they're definitely a part of that, but I think it's it's the cosmic aspect is more like he's him. like the forefather like, of that. Yeah. Like a like a it's like an you know a branch of the weird fiction guys you know yes yeah um actually i actually have a definition here of yeah i was gonna say let's define this yeah so uh, i got his born day (laughs) nice Nice. (laughs) um so the definition of cosmic horror well i guess one of the definitions because there could be many is uh horror fiction and weird fiction that emphasizes the horror of the unknowable and incomprehensible more than gore and other elements of shock. 
Scary shit. So H.P. Lovecraft himself said the fundamental premise that common human laws and interests and emotions have no validity or significance in the vast cosmos at large. Mm -hmm. That was his premise of cosmic horror, of his story specifically. Which is interesting because I feel like with the majority of movies that I have on my list, they all have a similar look and feel to them and stuff. But there are other movies out there that could fall into cosmic horror that don't resemble this shit at all yeah you know like the the feeling like like the unknown like could easily be like a, like a jacob's ladder type movie or yeah there's um, a lot i had a lot on my list like that and i just started taking them off because usually they'll end in a way that sums it up you know cosmic horror usually ends on a very bleak note yeah. yeah well and it's you know like the 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 feeling or the <clears throat> the fear of the unknown so yes if it leaves you going what the fuck like that could easily be cosmic horror without like the whole the whole like you know gimmicks of tentacled monsters and shit like that you know but i i too kind of kept that shit off my list i just but i wanted to make a point to touch on it yeah because it is very much like it's a part of this whether we don't whether we realize it or not that there's movies out there that are still cosmic horror that aren't necessarily in any way shape or form influenced by a lovecraftian lore or not even necessarily horror like the yeah. one I, the one i struggled with the most was 2001 space odyssey because mm. that that's, goes yeah. that's that's attributed to, to lovecraft no that's not oh, but it could be it could be cosmic horror though oh, in, in a I've sense ne- i've never even seen that movie so i i mm it's fucking far out it, it's about the evolution of man into the next being mm-hmm. from monkey yeah. to man to the next that's Kubrick, right yeah i should and, watch that yeah you should i mean it's it's Kubrick, so you should watch everything he does he's a fucking madman i find I, it fascinating like i know he was like a hermit who had like some weird like i think i believe he had a, some kind of condition or it was just the fact that he hated people that he was he was agoraphobic right yeah yeah he was agoraphobic and he was fucking his, go ahead he's nuts but yeah. like his output is like sick he was like one of those genius antisocial you know like i know he catches a bad rap these days but like yeah. i i think they're focusing on certain things because it's if i've probably listened to more audiobooks of his than i've read uh, through like uh, things like horror babble. You guys ever listen to that? No. I like to, I like they read, you know, novellas and weird fiction stuff and all that. Uh, you just go and it's like a podcast, you know. Yeah. And I'll like put it on and fall asleep to it. And like it doesn't seem like he's really singling out a type of person. Kind of like it's obvious he hates humanity. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think the 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 asterisk by his name isn't really doesn't really apply because you're only looking at one facet of it yeah and i think that's what troubled me the most about 2001 is because technically he only did one horror movie which was the shining but all his movies have a horror aspect to them they're horrific yes clockwork orange is a fucking horror movie like you know i mean terrible and 2001 has aspects in it of total isolation and madness and all these things that contribute to cosmic horror but yet it's not a horror movie and yet it's not Lovecraftian at all. So that was the one I struggled with the most. I had to keep it or, or take it off my list. 
that's interesting because that can actually segue us into my next touch point here, which are the elements that yeah. bring that, that make up uh, cosmic horror, which are yeah, which are cosmic dread, forbidden and dangerous knowledge, madness, non-human influences on humanity, which is something I want to touch on when we come back, um, religion and superstition, fate and the inevitable and inevitability, and the risk of associating uh the risks associated with scientific discoveries mm. now i don't know if you guys watch youtube as much as i do but that's where i get all my news from and <laughs> there uh there was this latest thing of this woman flipping out on an airplane have you seen this mm. yes i i've seen like the the thumb the thumbnail but mm -hmm. i haven't watched the video this woman flips the fuck out and is she stands up, walks to like towards the exit of the plane and stops and says, like, you all can stay on here and die if you want. But that motherfucker right there and points to a dude in a green hoodie. She's like, and he she looks, she points to a dude in a green hoodie and goes, That motherfucker right there is not real. <laughs> and then okay. she leaves. And I'm just like, like, okay, this chick could clearly just be on fucking Molly and be like, oh, I'm going to take this edible before I get on a fucking cylinder that's going to rocket me into the atmosphere. And I'm not going to be troubled by that at all. And then the yeah, she, she's weight of Britain. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the weight of that finally hit her high ass and she saw something that wasn't really there or whatever. But the thing is, is that like, what what is hilarious about this and the only reason why i say this is that because of the non-human influence on humanity is a lot of people once again the fucking conspiracy theory starts spinning already is saying that she saw a lizard person oh reptilian so, nice yeah yeah a reptilian on the plane she she sat next to a reptilian person on the plane and there's another video out too which is around the same uh, like a few a few days later same shit but in uh i think the uk um a guy was saying like he was sitting next to someone and he was like this, this isn't a real person this isn't a real person but the thing was is that his plane was already up in the air and he said he wanted to get off so a bunch of people tackled him <laughs> um the only reason why i bring that up is because it's like i just think it's funny that this is the topic we decided to choose to talk about that's in here and then there's these people talking about reptilians are revealing themselves to our fucking you know society now and things like that i find it just kind of funny and very interesting that's very interesting i didn't even hear about this like i said get your news from youtube you'll, you'll fucking it's a good time <laughs> <laughs> all right so Cos cosmic horror is basically everything yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you know you know what's you know what's cosmic horror is realizing that you're a human being on a giant ball of mud hurling through space <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That shit's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take an edible. <laughs> so, with that being said, do you think we should start with cosmic? So Let's kind of broke us up between Lovecraftian and, uh, and. I think we should launch into Lovecraftian first because okay. this okay. is really agreed. This is really where like things because everything that I have on my list is inspired. Yeah. by more Lovecraftian than anything else. Now, Cosmic Horror, like we just had talked about when we went on the whole cu uh, cubic rant, Kubrick rant, was that Cosmic Horror could be fucking anything. But we're going to stick with more of a Lovecraftian-inspired type of Cosmic Horror. 
you know, what mm-hmm. you come, what you come to know of like what, what we know of when you, when you say cosmic horror, you think of this, you know what I mean? Um, does anyone want to start or do you guys want me to kick it off? I can start. Your show, you do it. <laughs> uh, it's, Dave, I think the ahead. most, I think the most popular Lovecraft movie is Reanimator. Okay. Yep. yep. That was the first one on my list. I think that's definitely, you know, it's loosely based on what's it called? Um, it's called Herbert West, the reanimator, right? That's the original. Yeah. Book. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think everyone thinks of that when they think of Lovecraft and films, right? Which is very interesting because I don't see I, it as cosmic horror at all. <laughs> I don't. But also, too, like it wasn't until a few years ago that I found out this was even H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, OK. I just always didn't never associated it with Lovecraft and then found out that and then found out too that it's like one of the closest representations of his story brought to cinema well that's fucking crazy yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you know what's funny is at the very end like the chest cavity bursts open and like tentacles come out it's like ah there it is there it is is. (laughs) you gotta have a fucking octopus leg in there so so you think movie-wise he's most uh uh connected to reanimator Whereas, like, literary, I feel like it's Cthulhu, right? Yeah. yeah well, I, mean, I would, I would I agree with that. Most people know that. I know that. You know, it's like uh, the Cthulhu mythos, um, you know, uh, Call of Cthulhu. Like, those are the things I know. When I, when I think of Lovecraft, that's immediately what I think of is Cthulhu. Yeah. I bought um, my kids a fucking Dr. Seuss ripoff uh, Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, like yeah. some dude made it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I've know? seen that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um the last so, track on Ride the Lightning. <laughs> Beautiful. So, so yeah, so I think that yeah, if you I mean, I don't know, like my personal opinion, I don't want to speak for anybody else, because to be completely honest, I haven't watched all of the film adaptations or inspirations from yeah. Lovecraft. Uh you know, well, like I know there is a movie called Call of Cthulhu. I've never seen it. I know I that would, I would a... bet. I would bet it's shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've seen it. Yeah, it's total dog shit. Okay, they made it look like a 1950s film, silent film. It's mm-hmm. fucking terrible. Shot yeah. obviously on like video. It's fucking shit. It's absolute mm-hmm. shit. So there, but, like it's like the, t- to me, a uh, reanimator is like. The, the story's cohesive you can follow it it's is it fucking insane absolutely but the mad, madness is an element in cosmic horror that is played with like you know constantly so yeah, yeah it's batshit insane but to me when it comes to taking lovecraft stories and putting them on the screen how the fuck are you gonna do that like we're talking about a writer who wrote about beings that drove people mad if they looked at them yeah how are are you gonna fucking do that on screen so reanimator to me like fucking hits the nail on the head because it gets to play with elements that are horrifying but at the same time like you're not gonna go crazy but there is some bad shit crazy things happening (laughs) and to zoom out a little bit we could look at Stuart gordon as a whole because he's the one who took you know he made reanimator and from and he, beyond, also and from right beyond, from and beyond. Castle Castle Freak is also yeah. Lovecraft. Like he Which, took all those things. You know what is actually? Life, but the, yeah, I was just about to say, this is the weird synchronicity of all of this. Is I have his three films on the first 
the first they're, they're the first three ones on the lovecraftian bracket yeah reanimator is my last okay so i have reanimator from beyond and castle freak yeah all there from the i didn't same... include castle freak because that's not cosmic to me well it's but, but it's it lovecraft, is so that's it's why it is, it is lovecraft. It is, yeah. it's loosely based on his story the outsider now and when it's trash <laughs> i like castle freak but i like him i like a good monster movie you I actually know? yeah i love that movie actually and it's oh got, my God. got all the sleaze in it too like <laughs> all right so real quick so it's not as good as the burning though <laughs> so you guys reanimator from beyond castle freak and then yeah. in the next list inspired i have the thing prince of darkness in yeah. the mouth of madness yeah, yeah, i just yeah. realized that and i was like oh that's some fun synchronicity but we'll go back to reanimator then going into from beyond um and let, do you guys have anything you want to chime in with reanimator before we move on um uh, crampton's a babe love it that's a given she apparently is in a another lovecraftian movie that isn't from beyond called sacrifice never saw it but it's a lovecraftian movie and she is in it so she kind of takes the trilogy cake as well for being a part of this type of thing so Jeffrey Combs. And uh, Jeffrey Combs is in another Lovecraftian movie called The Lurking Fear. Oh, okay. So he, he kind of takes the Is that any good? Uh, no. I, I mean, it's okay. You'll probably hate it. But Jeffrey Combs <laughs> is where it, he's the reason you watch it. I think that dude's amazing. He does every. He can do anything. He's cool. He's a. And he's not, he seems like a like a genuinely cool dude too. Like you yeah. watch him in interviews and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he seems like yeah. you could. But he, he, you could talk to him. He really embodies his characters, you know, the way he does Herbert West, and then he does uh, From Beyond, and then the way he does in Castle Freak, and then in Lurking Fear, he's this whole other crazy doctor, but he doesn't just redo Herbert West again, you know. Mm -hmm. He does a really good job. Well, Did you guys so like much... From Beyond? Yeah, yeah, I like From Beyond. I uh, I've never seen that one, but I watched like videos and critiques about it, and it seemed like bonkers as well you know but uh it is I, that's it's not it's i'm i had it on my list but i also had like a you know a little dash next to it because i hadn't actually watched that one yet but yeah. it's like but it's on it's in my queue like i want to watch it you know yeah it's a good yeah. one for practical uh, effects yes very good for I practical effects land. um yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> 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 um, fucking uh that was another one where it's it's like they they took these interesting things it's funny like looking at that one like the color scheme of from beyond yeah. if you watch that and then watch color out of space very there's same. similarities that so, you yep. can see there very, that are very very, very cool um from beyond is is like it's like they took reanimator and put it on steroids the yeah. fucking like what they do in that one is so insane uh it almost feels like a like a fever dream when you're watching it. You don't really know what the fuck's going on, and like the story arc does its best to tell a, a cohesive story. But by the time you get to your climax, you're just like, I just, I just want the madness to stop. Yeah. <laughs> the clips that I've seen, it kind of gave off like a Videodrome vibe to me. It is Videodrome and Reanimator. Yes. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's got that vibe. That'd be a good double feature, Videodrome and From Beyond. That would be. I like video drum. Have you guys seen Banshee Chapter? No, but you recommended it. Uh, 2013. So no. it's also based off the Lovecraft's From Beyond story. 
Okay. It's an, it's not a remake of From Beyond the Movie, but it's also based off the same story. It's got um the dude that plays Buffalo Bill from Sansa mm-hmm. Lambs in it. Oh, nice. Tuck it back, his... bro. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Goodbye, horse. What, what bothers me about that movie, it's it's like they did it half found footage, half traditional. No. But no. it's all but it's all fucking shaky as hell. So it's frustrating to watch. And Somebody get I, a goddamn steady cam. <laughs> what I did like about it is they try to tie in like Lovecraft's whole, you know, mythos with MK Ultra. Okay. Which was kind of cool. It was kind of cool to see them try to do that, but I don't know. Overall, it's kind of bullshit. Mm. But that's based off the same story as Stuart Gordon's from Beyond, but, but he based himself up. So. Cool. Uh, so we, we talked a little bit about Castle Freak. Uh, let's, let's revisit that. Uh, loosely based on Lovecraft's story, The Outsider, uh, very loosely, actually, because in The Outsider, your main character essentially is the castle freak, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a man who was locked away and that he finally, like for his entire life, he finally gets his freedom and he goes out into the world and the world perceives him as a monster. Um, you know, obviously that is not castle freak. The fucking monster is very much a fucking monster in it. Um, who just wants a piece of ass, man. He's he mad horny. He is. He looks fucking awesome, though. That dude's yeah. on the prowl. <laughs> on the prowl with a fucked up face. I wonder what his dick looks like. Hmm. Like, <laughs> it only, only gets half hard. <laughs> I was kind of shocked that it was, uh, like, when I, it's on my list as well, right? Um, and, like, I was writing down, like, the who's in it or the director and i was noting like the years i'm surprised it's 95 yeah i thought yeah. that piece of shit was made way earlier like like 89 <laughs> that definitely seems like an 89 piece of yeah shit. well the the budget is definitely like <laughs> yeah it's it's funny how like a, a budget can make a movie look like it was made it's fucking. hilarious that you hate it so much because i remember when i saw it i was like this movie has no business being this good yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure I watched it on the on JBB. Uh, okay, and it's it's a yeah. fucking full moon production, which they put out turds. Subspecies. I remember thinking that. Yeah, I remember thinking that. I remember seeing the box. Yeah, like the VHS box. I had no has... expectations for that movie. It's budge. Yeah. It's budge as fuck, but it's good for budge. Like I'll, I'll say that, yeah. especially full moon. It's well, it's well acted. You got Barbara Cranston. Agree to disagree. (laughs) You don't think think the acting's good? Uh, See, here's the deal, Dave. Sean's only saying this because he hasn't watched Head of the Family. We've uh, watched Head of the Family. You should watch Head of the Family. You guys have seen so much garbage that, like, you think, like, less garbage is i really think that's a fair point i really think that like instead of like what we should do is just to dedicate an entire year of double h-e-s to the trash heap as i'd like to call it where it is simply us talking about all the movies that we thought were going to be good that ended up being complete dog shit because in horror you could dig through mountains of cat shit and finally find a diamond and for me I'm just like, I could probably talk until I run out of breath about all the bad movies I've watched in horror yeah. than the good ones. You definitely could. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to Color Out of Space. <laughs> um, this movie, like I, I loved it first and foremost. Had really high hopes for it because a, it was a Lovecraft movie. Richard B, Stanley. Richard, yeah. had, uh, Richard, Richard Stanley, Stanley was returning to fucking direct and. See, it had Nicolas Cage in it. Richard was Stanley like, was returning to get canceled again. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh man, let's go. But he was supposed to do like what? A whole Lovecraft trilogy no, from this. He was whole cinematic it, universe, man. He was supposed to do a, a trilogy. Uh, and then in March of 21, he, uh, they canceled the proposed trilogy because of domestic abuse. And uh, the Dunwich Horror was next. Mm. And aside from the trilogy, he wrote a biopic for H.P. Lovecraft called Providence. Uh, all that shit got shelved. Mm. Keep your hands to yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's more important, your career or thinking you were right for a night? <laughs> Sometimes words aren't enough, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you twice. <laughs> Sometimes ladies just got to find out. I love so Keller you, Out of Space, you, personally. I yes. liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I think it was a really good adaptation to Lovecraft. And to throw Nicolas Cage in there is just like cherry on the top. Like he's perfect to drive into madness, you know. Yeah. It was it was good, Nick Cage. It wasn't like, you know, you don't know what you're getting. Like yeah. it was it was like the one that you want for yeah. that part. You yeah. Know? There's an element of that movie and his character in particular that I'm curious if this was directed or if this was a Nick Cage like fucking psychosis that he brought brings forward into his characters where he talks to his wife in the movie about the trauma he had suffered at the hands of his father and how his father was very like dismissive and and condescending to him and he had like this very uh like uh like almost like bitchy tone like it wasn't like yelling it was just very condescending it was a very condescending tone and then later working out some shit you know? Well, well, and then later out in, on in the movie, when shit starts to hit the fan and he's trying to figure out what to do and his daughter and son are like flipping out, he looks at them and does the same voice that he that he does like when he's talking about how his father used to talk to him. He goes into that character to basically fucking ream out his kids. And I just thought that that was just such a unique character development thing that we saw in like in a split second, it like happens once and you don't see it again. And I'm wondering if that was a directorial thing or if that was a character thing that Nick Cage did in the movie to make his character just seem more unhinged than he already was. Like he talks to his wife about dealing with it, but then is showing it that he isn't dealing with it. He's, he's embracing it now. And I don't know if that like, and that's along the time where he just says "fuck it" and goes and gets the shotgun. If you, you ask know? him about it, he'd probably be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, you're yeah. such a fucking lunatic. <laughs> he'd probably do this, and then walk away. Yeah, hell yeah, go buy some comics. <laughs> yeah, I, I had I had a I had a note about that as well. Just like uh, he says some foul shit, like yeah, to his kids and his wife, like yeah, and it goes like back and forth with that. But it's so weird, like that voice that he does. It's almost like he channels like a weird like jack nicholson shining mixed with like Trump. it is it is in a way yeah and it, it kind of reminded me too of uh, uh richard stanley like there was an interview i watched where he like his his he did shit like this 
right? Like with his hand, obviously audience, if you're listening to me, you can't fucking see me, but he's like doing this like twirling motion with his hand and he's describing some shit. And then Nicolas Cage does it in the fucking movie where he's doing, he's like critiquing his fucking kids about this weird morphed being that was their mother and their youngest brother. And he feels the need to get a few jabs out on him. Maybe <laughs> it's like a Dr. Evil thing. Maybe it's like, uh, like um, Dr. Evil is based off of like, was the idea was stolen by, from, by Mike Myers from Dana Carvey impersonating Lauren Michaels. So maybe it was like mm-hmm. him talking to Stanley and then catching He's it. And yeah, like, I'm going to do it. You know, yeah. like, mm. I'm fucking. That's mm. <laughs> <laughs> the pinky to the fucking mouth thing yeah interesting <laughs> that's cool yeah um I, yeah i i really love this film too and as this is this kind of falls to me i mean i've never read the stories of... i've listened to it there's like a, a a cool like animated audiobook like illustrated fucking audiobook that i've like fallen asleep to like a thousand times it's 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 a it's cool for color out of space yeah yeah see like that in reanimator i've never fully read the stories but i feel like both of these are the closest adaptations to a to, to like the lovecraft feel of his stories that you would get from something that you see on screen mm. you know so- like so like color out of space is like that saying the color out of space is meaning that they're the color that they saw is nothing that we've ever laid our eyes on before right yeah. So how are you supposed to? How are you really supposed to do that in a movie? You can't create a new fucking color. So they just basically made everything this kind of like purple pink hue, and just kind of had it, you know, morph into things and stuff like that. And it's like, to me, it's like, how are you supposed to do that? And like, that was one of the thing. One of the things about Lovecraft's writings is that all of his things have to do with he's making your mind create the worst shit. Yeah, you have yeah. possibly ever thought of so that like i'm sure if like before because we all know what cthulhu looks like to us because we've seen artist representations right, and, right. and different things but imagine picking up his book back when it was written reading about what the sailors saw when they yeah, lay if their you eyes actually on read cthulhu. it if you actually read it it's it just says something like an octopus something like a man yeah but its shape was the most disturbing thing i'm paraphrasing obviously but like there is no clear illustration of what this fucking thing looks like. I mean, Cthulhu could go from man size to like the size of continents. Yeah, like, exactly. It's nuts. Yeah, but um, and I just when I listened to the Call of Cthulhu, there was a segment where they talked about what the sailors saw, and they said that three had died on sight. There were five sailors who had ventured onto the island. Three had died on sight. Two made it back to the ship. One went completely mad the second he saw it. The second one gouged his eyes out when he got onto the boat. That being said, it's like, we don't know what the fuck this thing looks like. We just know that it either causes death, hysteria, or mutilation. So, like, to me, and I know I'm kind of getting off track with Color Out of Space, but it's like, when he describes the Color Out of Space, it's something that we've never seen with our own eyes. I think it's kind of rad that, like, color of space came out in like in 2019 right but it was only it was first published in september of 27 wow mm. and it's not the first adaptation did you yeah. guys watch die monster die no yeah i've seen die monster die yeah 
Did you like it? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool, right? For like it's, for I mean, 1965. For, yeah, for for the that era of movies, fuck yeah! Like I love the whole like mirrors and shit like that, and this this like strange being that I don't know. I don't think he's made the out mom of mirrors. Is just but... like in the fucking bed, they're like, oh, something's you know, she doesn't feel well, and it's like, yeah. oh, she's mutating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. No, I never, so never seen Boris Karloff was in that one. Yeah. Nice. Um, so here's one that is like another one that is sort of like they took a story and tried to do the best they could with it. Is uh 2001's Dagon. Uh, this movie is. <laughs> yeah, you watched it. <laughs> I've never oh, seen yeah. it. Yeah, I've watched it. Now, it's, I mean, it's Budge, and it's 2001, and it's sort of like on the same vein as those sci-fi movies at the time, like sci-fi channel movies, where they admitted that they were trying to make the worst movie ever in history, but this one has some charm to it, because... Do you think it's a cop-out when people are like, we're intentionally being bad? Like, check out this movie I made. It's awful. You'll Dep- love it. And it's I, like, I, are you just saying that? We just had this conversation. Let's digress a little bit because Bryce and I swore that we would never watch Sharknado ever, ever. <clears throat> That's where I draw and the then line. You did it, and then you went and did it. Well, we did it because it was on last drive-in, and we were hanging out that night. We didn't know what the next movie was, so we watched it, and we had this discussion. The problem with that fucking movie for me, I, I like bad movies, obviously, but I like when they're self-aware or or charmingly campy that movie is trying to play it so straight and it's fucking it bothers me yeah the the premise alone i I refuse like on just on you should you should and there's like six of these fucking movies but the premise alone should be a joke and it's not they're playing it as straight as they can the whole time and that's that bothers me with that movie they should yeah, be it self, should be like self-aware. Yes. Like, yeah. look, yeah. look, I think look it, at me, I'm in this piece of shit. Yeah, and I think it does get that way throughout the series, but I'm not going to fucking dive in those waters to find out. Like I said. like <laughs> Nice pun. Um, we, I swore to myself, I was like, that's one of those movies where, I, I listen, I'm not above watching shit. I've done it my entire life. This is where I draw the line. And Joe Bob fucking he cut that lifeline real quick. He's like, no, you're going to fucking watch. You're going to go to your grave knowing that you fucking watched Sharknado, you piece of shit. So, yeah. Hence why I'm drinking whiskey tonight. Anyway, to come back, I have not seen Dagon. I know it's based Mm -hmm. off Lovecraft. Yeah, and there's some like, listen, it's budge. It's sci-fi-ish, but I will say that with the budget they were given, they pulled off some cool shit. Okay. Um, it's by no means a masterpiece, but for what it is and the weird fucking story it's trying to tell, I think they do a pretty decent job. We don't watch horror for masterpieces. No, I don't watch movies for masterpieces anymore. Um, but yeah, so I've seen that one. And I know nobody else here has. <laughs> no, I, no, I you're on your own, bud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. I got one that's uh, obviously Lovecraft influenced, but I don't think it's based off a story. So it's probably I'm probably in the wrong category. I was gonna say The Mist from 07. Mm. It's uh, it's yeah. in the other category. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be the next category. Right? Yeah. Um, well, well fuck I got, me then. Yeah, I was going to say, I got one more in the Lovecraftian section. And if you want, after that, we can move on to Inspired, unless anybody else has anything. I got a, I got a couple. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me get this one out of the way. And then, Sean, it's all you. And then we'll move to Inspired and we'll pick it up at the Mist. All right, Dave? Sure. Um, so this one that I'm about to mention is fucking weird because it's not in any way a Lovecraftian story, but it has to do with a Lovecraftian character. And that is 2020's Underwater. Um, uh, this, how this was movie, that? Fuck that movie. It sucked. It wasn't that good. It was like they were trying to remake Alien, um, but just not as cohesive as what... There was no tension. No. You, you just knew what the fuck was going to happen because you had seen Alien. So it's like, oh, this is... And the creatures it, you could It's like one of those them. movies that were rushed out just to get for the beginning of the year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just get that oh, January, was, uh, February Kristen release. Stewart cute, though? Yeah, I was going to say, is it the one with Kristen Stewart? Yeah, that's her. Yeah, it is. But I don't think she's really cute. No, I don't think I she like her. Cute. I kind of like her. I mean, you'll probably think she's cute, but I always think she kind of looks like a confused boy. Oh, I like her. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she looks like she looks like Justin Bieber. Well, that changed my whole fucking perspective. <laughs> <laughs> she shaved her head like super like buzz. And so no, no, me and you are the only ones who've seen it, Bryce, right? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I always thought she was kind of cute. I was team fucking Edward, you know? <laughs> so aside from Kristen Stewart, <laughs> the only reason this movie falls into this category is because Cthulhu shows up at the end of the movie. Yeah. Is it, is it like undeniably Cthulhu or yes. is it just like implied? It's, 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 it's undeniably. And the only reason why, yeah. the only reason why it's undeniably is because the writer director came out and said, yes, this is, this is Cthulhu. Like, we put Cthulhu in this movie. Now, there's nothing else about this film that is Lovecraft. Nothing. It's just sea creatures. Yeah, it, it's all it's it is. It's Alien Underwater, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Alien that's underwater. That's, well, that's what they were going for. That's, but Alien mm-hmm. could be Lovecraftian too, right? It, maybe. I, well, I guess like, if you... I don't want to jump goes, ahead. Well, this goes back to the whole cosmic horror thing that we talked yeah, about yeah. in the very beginning. Like, yes... Because it's the unknown of not only space, but beings from space, beings from different things. And you could even go out on a limb, a very thin limb. I wouldn't venture too far out, but face huggers look like Lovecraftian creatures. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say xenomorphs do because xenomorphs are more biomechanical. Cthulhu and things more tentacly and cosmic. They look fucking horrific. Um, fucking xenomorphs have like a sleekness to them that is very interesting but face huggers are disgusting fleshy little fucking monsters and they're the worst creatures in existence worth the fuck <laughs> they're, the, they're the most heinous thing to ever be put on film um but anyways going back to underwater i felt like it was like the concept of the first alien movie just put in a different area it was put underwater instead of in outer space and she's no at ripley. the very end no she's not and they tried hard to make her ripley but they did she, actually now you say that yeah but alas ripley. she is not ripley um but at the very end yes you're you're introduced to this gigantic creature who is keeping her team from escaping and when you look at it you're like that thing kind of fucking looks like cthulhu like it's got yeah. tentacles from coming from its face yeah. and shit 
and then the which director is you know yeah. cinematically was cool to see yeah and that's like when it when you finally see it you're like oh good god damn yeah. i mean i will say this that movie is so fucking dark like yeah the yeah, way yeah, it's yeah, shot yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so fucking hard to see anything yeah but once again like you see it and you're just like fuck that looks like cthulhu a little bit and then you read the interviews or you watch the interviews yeah, and the guy's like absolutely. yeah I, I totally put cthulhu in this fucking movie yeah. Like, yeah okay cool um but other than that and it, that's the only reason why it actually falls under lovecraftian is because if it wasn't for that i don't even think it would be on this list at all um to be completely no. honest i, I actually the, took it off because that's the only thing that it does not cosmic horror it's not but it doesn't it, deal with it, the unknown it doesn't deal with anything no but it does deal with cthulhu and let's yeah. be honest that's the poster child of anything lovecraftian so yeah. it made my list for that reason all right sean take us home okay here we go uh we got the haunted palace from 1963 never seen it never seen it it's part of the uh um the poe cycle oh nice right roger roger corman so it has my boy vincent price in it Mm -hmm. and it's like they combined the the screenwriters took like a fucking tiny poem from uh poe but then melded it with uh, the case of Charles Dexter Ward. Mm. And that's how they got the script for the Haunted Palace. And I, I like the movie. It's like, it's it's definitely of its time and it has a certain feel and it's it's very in line with the other uh, Poe movies. Yeah. So, I'm, I, which I'm already a fan of. There was another movie made. I'd never seen it, but I'd read about it from the, the case of Dexter, whatever the fuck. Um, and it was, I think it's either called the resurrected or the resurrection or something like that. Uh, and that, that, that apparently falls under Lovecraftian. Um, I've never seen it, so I don't know. And I, I'm just bringing it up for as, you know, fun little tidbits to know about. I have that movie actually. I haven't watched it yet. Resurrection or resurrected? The resurrection. Or the haunted. Oh, okay. The resurrection. Hmm. Well, yeah. Sorry, my phone's gonna die. I'm trying to charge it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, one, I, I had something. I'm not sure which category it'd fall in. It's kind of more like underwater, right? So you also have um. This also falls under a whole other category. So Lucio Fulci did the Gates of Hell trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? it's. Uh huh. So when when I was doing research on this. City of the Living Dead kept coming up, but none of the other ones did. From yeah, so his City of the Living Dead is not really cosmic horror. It's it's set in the town of Dunwich. Mm. That's like Dunwich. the only. Sorry, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I Dunwich, you dumb bitch. <laughs> no, if you if you if you look at uh, Fulci's filmography, yeah. Uh, Lovecraft is an uncredited inspiration for the whole trilogy. Each film, yes, yes, 80 Gates of Hell, 81 The Beyond, uh, 81 House by the Cemetery, they're yes. all attributed to uh, the, Lovecraft. the only the only one of those three, though, that I would say is actually causing horror is The Beyond. The Beyond's a fucking nut, it's nuts, which it's, is funny because I always get that one confused with From Beyond, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Beyond you put is... two of the same words into something, and I'm really fucking in trouble. <laughs> the Beyond is so disjointed and no yeah. cohesive narrative, and it's it's like a fucking bad dream. But it's still fun. It's very yeah. fun. 
And it's full. So what is so this about? Great gore. Yeah. So what is what do you think it is about? Because like he did a trilogy and Carpenter did a trilogy, all kind of inspired by Lovecraft. Do you think it's, that has anything to do with it, or is it just happenstance? I think it's just happenstance. And Stuart yeah. Gordon, Stuart Gordon did a bunch of fucking same, you know? same. So, yeah. There's something. And that's Richard like, Stanley was trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Like this comes in threes nonsense, you know. I don't know. There's something satisfying about a trilogy, like a like a, a great boxing match in threes and things in threes. And I don't know. I don't know enough about like numerology to know why like the number three is that important. You know. There's three holes in a woman. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's unpack that for us. Um, Literally. <laughs> 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 but anyway the reason i'm sorry I, full, the reason I had to I'm find full, a way to make cosmic horror weird and i just fucking figured it out <laughs> thank you for that no problem but i, I brought I it I, I brought it up mainly because sean was fucking with his phone but i brought it up because i also didn't know which category it falls in i would say I guess it would be cosmic horror right if it's inspired by it but i mean lovecraftian or non-lovecraftian i guess it's inspired by him right so it's not yeah it's based like off of indirectly story. cosmic okay. uh, yeah i, I would say uh i would say inspired so more cosmic horror than lovecraftian horror but okay yeah. all right there's uh there's two episodes of uh guillermo del toro's cabin of curiosity mm-hmm. yeah inspired uh, by lovecraft uh, i know dreams in the witch house which is also a master of horror did guillermo del toro do that one as well I don't know, but out of the two that were in the Cabinet of Curiosity, I didn't really dig Dreams in the Witch House. I, liked, I didn't either because I saw I liked, the... Yeah, that was pretty I, I didn't either. I saw the fucking Masters of Horror version, so this was just a reshelling of that. I, I didn't, I'd seen the story. I didn't give a fuck about it. Well, Del Toro didn't do the ones in the in his anthology series. He he didn't, he, but he was he was in the Master of Horror series. I just cannot remember. Hey, look, I have the internet right in front of me. Let me yeah. try and do some research. You guys go ahead. Sorry. Out, out of the two that were on the show that are from attributed to Lovecraft stories, I thought Pickman's model was was cooler. Pickman's model was uh, way cooler. Pickman's model was really fucking great. I really enjoyed that. That was the one with that the story, painting, right? With the artist. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, I did like that one. Was was it Crispin Glover, the the uh, the artist in it? Yeah, that dude is not aged. I know it's it's fucking weird. Yeah, it's kind of scary actually. I mean, good for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone else is we're all aging rapidly, right? And he's just like doing like a stupid dance and like Friday Thirteenth Part Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Certain people just don't age, dude. Uh, sorry, uh, the director of Dreams in the Witch House from Master of Horror was Stuart Gordon. <laughs> okay, my Go bad. That kind of comes full circle. Yeah, it does. Right? <laughs> Goddamn. Stuart Gordon there's loved a, him uh, some fucking another... Lovecraft. Yeah, he's all about him, I guess. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems that way. Uh, there's a there's another uh, movie from 1968 that had Boris Karloff and Christopher Lee in it. That's not credited as being based off of dreams in the witch house but i guess they took some elements it's called the crimson cult does anyone see this i've heard of it it's it's another one that's part of like that era like there's a certain feeling with it and it's it's like not the greatest film but it's it's a cool watch yeah um 
1970, there's uh, the Dunwich Horror with uh, Dean Stockwell. Yes. Yeah, of course. Which is uh, it's it's same thing along those lines. Like it's it's an enjoyable watch, but it's not spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not him singing in dreams in Blue Velvet. You know what I mean? I'd rather. I wish there was a movie about just that character. How great is he in that? It's awesome. That concludes my uh, HP Lovecraft list. Anyone else have anything? Uh, nope, not for me. No, everything else is loosely based. Okay. All right, yeah. well, I don't want to hold hold anybody up. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the inspired list, Dave, if you wanted to pick up where you left off with the mist. Yes. Um, yeah, Which, the, the monsters are definitely... The monsters I mean, the are, first, uh, yeah, they're obviously okay. Lovecraftian the, monsters. The first thing you see is a fucking set of tentacles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And you have no idea what the fuck, where these things came from, you know, what's going to happen. So there is a whole fear of the unknown. But overall, I don't know if I want to count this as cosmic horror. It was on every damn list. Every list has it as being a part of it. Yeah. Real quick, just a side note. Stuart Gordon also did the movie Dagon. (laughs) Of course he did. Yeah. Just just want to throw that out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That dude's all over it. So uh, with The Mist, that was Stephen King, correct? Yes. Yes. He wrote it, yeah. Yeah, supposedly the ending mm-hmm. wasn't the original ending. Right, correct. No, actually, when Stephen King saw the movie, he said it's how he wished he would have ended the book. Yeah. I love the ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The ending of the movie is fucking solid. Mm-hmm. Disturbing. <laughs> yeah. One of the bleakest things I've seen, like, in, in, like when I'm watching that movie, like, it's just... It, it, each scene hope is just draining slowly from this situation and then they finally get out they finally get to the car and you're like i don't know what the fuck they're gonna do but at least they're all together and then that's the ending and you're like okay so this is what hope looks like when it dies yeah <laughs> i always felt like that movie looked like shit <laughs> so i never watched it it does it, it does look like shit and it actually like it doesn't look like a good film I mean, there's some cool stuff in it as far as like I what I do like is the uh how everybody turns against each other mm-hmm. in in a time of like a time like that, much like we dealt with with the pandemic. Instead of fighting the common cause, everyone turns against each other. You yeah. know? And I do like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. They should but, do a guy a guy Fieri uh supermarket sweet um <laughs> spin off of this. <laughs> i actually have that one oh go ahead oh no go ahead go ahead frank yeah i was gonna say i i welcome to the podcast by the way (laughs) sorry i know i've been really quiet you guys saw a lot of movies that i didn't (laughs) 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 um no, but uh, I um actually I was looking on some lists and I saw one that kept popping up was called Messiah of Evil. Yeah. In nineteen seventy three. I haven't and seen it. Um, I watched it and it was actually really good. It was yeah. um so the the Lovecraftian element is that it's a young woman who is in search of her missing artist father, and she goes and finds his like Californian art house where he was staying, and um. <clears throat> 
finds all these diary entries that he was like in search of like this whole cult of the blood moon that was in the town. Okay. That was like like every blood moon comes together and does like all this crazy stuff. Almost had like a little bit of a void element to it. <laughs> um but Very it gets cool. um it gets pretty cool. It's like uh and the, the the art direction was really neat actually. So I I, I have I to watch that. It. Yeah. I actually really liked it. I, I it sounds I, cool. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I didn't think I was going to like it that much, but it was really good. And strangely enough, it was directed and written by Stuart Gordon. <laughs> I was just about to say Stuart Gordon. <laughs> Tell me Stuart this Gordon. motherfucker did everything. Tell me Stuart Gordon put his fat pudgy fingers all over the fucking Messiah of Evil. <laughs> That's no, been on my list. I do want to watch that. Yeah, it, no, it was written by the same guy who did Howard the Duck. Nice. Yeah. No, I have Howard to see it. Rules. Actually, the creature in Howard the Duck at the very end is very Lovecraftian. Howard! <laughs> yes. All comes around. All comes around. Yeah, but I, I, I thought it was good. Cool. That's cool. Well, since you said it influenced the void, let's go into the void. Yeah. I know um, that's on everyone's list. Yes, and it is in my inspired list, too. Like, uh, the void... I feel like this kind of is everything a Lovecraftian movie wants to be but like pull it off I mean it listen it tried and it tried hard and got close but the thing is and here's what I think about the void I think if we went into the void completely uh cold right like we didn't hear all the hype that surrounded it because people were coming out being like dude this is the thing's predecessor like I kept this, hearing the thing and Hellraiser, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, yeah. And then you watch it, and you're like, no, to, to either of them, no. And like, that's the thing. It's like if it was its own thing, it's it's an interesting. Like I I like the movie, but I will admit when I went and watched it, I was stoked. I was like yeah. ready. Like I went, really I went, thinking, I, I went yeah. from hating it to liking it. Yeah. Well, I was like really expecting to see like a new like it, it, like something that i had never seen before yeah and then i watched it and i was like fuck like this is just like every other fucking horror movie that came out now where it's like you get glimpses of shit but it doesn't really show you anything and like when people were saying like the practical effects of this movie rival the thing john carpenter's the thing i was like watch your fucking mouth because yeah, I that, mean that for, is the crown jewel of practical effects when it comes 20, to horror movies. For 2016, I think it, it did offer a lot of great shit for practical effects. For a crown crowdfunded mm-hmm. movie, yeah, for sure, awesome yeah, effects. That too. I love the set pieces, the creatures when they go down in the basement and they start fucking killing those goddamn yeah. creatures, like all that. The fucking main villain priest, whatever the fuck doctor guy at the end, like all that mm-hmm. was fucking cool looking. Like the look of it and the style of it, I love that. But something about it still feels really disconnected for me. So I fucking love the void. Are there flaws? A hundred percent. Yeah, of course. But, yes. but it's what it is for for like some dudes getting together with some money that that they scraped together. I think they made something that was pretty compelling. Mm. It very, there is also a lot of yeah. nods to I felt like very Hellraiser ish. Yes. Um very much. I really liked it. Um I think the the main character, the cop, w- him and the doctor that I don't think was the same actor when he's like turns into the the oh, other 
Yeah, when he's flayed in the other dimension. Um, I think they're. T- I, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's two different actors, but those dudes like they do it for me. Yeah, like they they hold it together. Whereas like all the other actors are like, uh, you know, they're not great, but it's serving a purpose. And look, if like if us, seeing if like I, the nurse cutting off her face, like if us four got together and made the void, I'd be stoked as fuck. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So my uh. I, like I said, like I don't think my gripe is with the movie in particular. I think it was with the 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 shit that people were saying about it. The hype, just Where being it's like, like too comparative to something that yeah, it's like just let it just let it be its own thing. Like if it's its own thing, that's fine. But don't sit here and be like, dude, this movie is like John Carpenter's The Thing, and it's like no, they it's do, fucking. They do the same I, can, thing. I can see a, a comparison, but it's not on that level at all no like yeah. it's one thing to be like oh it's an homage cool but it's not right. it's not anywhere near that no. no yeah the thing is too about the thing is that <laughs> the creature design in that you get a new creature every single time you fucking see it and you see the creature a lot in those films when the void happens when you get the big reveal of the creature at the end. I think it's called the abomination or something like that. You fucking running down the hall. Yeah, which is fucking really scary because the the sound the sound design that they do behind it they like mix like a bull with a baby crying. It's it's fucking morbid and disturbing. But you don't see the monster like you see its face, you see its fucking hooves every now and again. But it's a lot of like moving and shaking, yeah. which. I yeah, love which... like cult shit. Like mm-hmm. I love the, the I love the the imagery that those dudes. Uh, what are their names? It's uh, what? Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky. Like the, the the just like the still images are so fucking cool to me. Like mm. when he goes outside and there's the fucking like he looks and there's no one and he looks again and the cult's just like standing there is fucking yeah. cool. Like, I love when the that. dude is praying for the abyss to open yeah you know it's very like like a cenobite type yeah well you know what what scene sticks out to me is when the cop finds his pregnant wife like splayed open with tentacles and shit coming out of her in the in the the delivery room like he just turns the corner and that's what you see at a distance is like that's fucking horrifying and it's heartbreaking all at the same time yeah no it's a it's a a fucked up movie yeah i mean and like i said like I, it was one of those movies when I first watched it, I didn't like it. And now I rewatch it and I was like, you know what? I, I do really like this film. I watched it, it the other day. Yeah. And it's it is fun. It's and it's different. And you can definitely like like I, I said at the top of this that this is the movie that I feel like all Lovecraftian inspired movies. Like it has everything. It's got your tentacled monsters, it's got the undead, it's got madness, it's got the cult, it's got all of this shit that <laughs> that that is interwoven into all lovecraftian lore so definitely inspired by i would say like this whole and the whole other other dimensional beings and things like that like the last shot of that movie where they're in the other dimension you just see that big black pyramid is so fucking it's horrifying and you're like and that goes back to the whole like you know fear of the unknown type bullshit because it's just like what the fuck is in there When when the chick who's pregnant and it's you find out that it's the doctor right that's, like, that's right yeah I'm sorry it's not it, the cops wife. like when he's summoning like 
the the abyss, the void to like put his child into that vessel. You like when you see like the flashes of what's happening inside her, mm-hmm. and she realizes that there's no like no one cares about me. Like I'm yeah. just yeah, you're I'm merely just the a, a thing. The yeah. fucking you know I'm a receptacle yeah. to yeah. fucking spit out this monster, so and she's fun. like horrified. Like that shit is so cool. Yeah, dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So let's let's link all these ones up for the inspired. I have the uh, Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy, which yeah, is let's roll right into that. Yeah, the thing I'm good for two out of three. All right. <laughs> um. So the thing, Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness yeah. are Carpenter's uh, Apocalypse trilogy, which Bryce and, and I covered at length in our love in our Carpenter episode. Yes. Um. That's now. Okay. To me, um, and the reason why these fall under inspired is because, like, In the Mouth of Madness is literally the story of, like, H.P. Lovecraft in a sense where Lovecraft wrote these stories and the mythos of what he he wrote about almost becomes, like, nowadays, like, almost real, you know? Like, people think. There's some people who believe. Yeah. Cthulhu yeah, there's some people coming. out there that out there. Those are smart yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> Those are people who have podcasts too. <laughs> I, I, you guys recommended in the mouth of madness, and I was like all about it because I like JC, mm-hmm. but I I couldn't get into it. I fucking turned it off. I was like Sam Neil was bothering me. He and then fucking I, dude, I love Sam Neil chews up scenery in that so much. And you know what's funny is that and Event Horizon, which is also on my list for Inspired, are like Sam Neill chewing up scenery unlike I've ever seen before. And I have a third Sam Neill to add to that later. Is it Dead Calm with Nicole Kidman? Looking like a total fox on a boat? Another Lovecraft inspired with Sam Neill. Possession, 81. Oh, Oh, shit. A lot of shit. I didn't watch that. It's fucking cool. I didn't either. It's wild. I mean, I just remember the woman like, fucking an octopus in an alleyway or some shit like that wild dude it's normal here <laughs> she's just <laughs> visiting japan man <laughs> um, i wanted to be all about in the mouth of madness and i just it just didn't connect with me at all and i was like i'm mm-hmm. surprised so you don't like it actually. that's why i said two i was just ten. about yeah, I was just about to say I'm surprised too, considering the fact that like it it surrounds a writer and a writer of horror and things and it's, like that. And it's Carpenter. I know you love Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. When I when I when I started to do research for this and I learned more about what the movie entails, I was like, this shit is actually pretty fucking cool. I wish like I wasn't so turned off by the performance. And then mm-hmm. one of the the videos I watched actually said that for some people. Sam Neill's like over the top zaniness mm-hmm. is eternal for people, and I was like, "There it is." Yeah, it's not just me. You know? I understand it. I I I understand it entirely. I do. I don't know. There's there's something about that film which we can get to because if we want, let's like start with the thing, which will be that very would... brief because Dave and I have talked about the thing in almost every fucking podcast we've ever done. I know and the thing is just so sick. It's so it good. is. Like I can't help it, man. It's a fucking it, it's it, a good movie it, from start it, to finish. 
and it shows how good it is because it has transcended so many topics that we picked yeah it comes up in practical effects it comes up in fun cosmic horror it you know it constantly comes up yeah. because it's just it's well done and it transcends all these different things yeah but it perfectly uh, the, it, the petri dish blood scene is so fucking rare, awesome bro. yeah so awesome like every time i watch it i'm like that's so fucking cool mm-hmm. yeah like i don't know if it makes sense because i'm not like a fucking doctor but like it's fucking awesome yeah it's cinematic like candy like you just mm-hmm. eat it up when it's like <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> so <good>. um <laughs> So yeah, I mean the thing is rad. I don't, yeah. I don't, and it I don't deals want to waste with, too much time but on it. But it deals with the perfect theme of Lovecraftian because isolation and madness and you can't madness. you can't trust anyone. Anyone. Know? And you never know what, what the, the monster you don't you don't know what the monster looks like. It's the unknown. Yeah. I it always looks, thought it looks like a dog, I, it looks like a fucking head, it looks yeah. like a spider. It's like it's all these I always things. wondered if the if if the alien itself was a physical thing. Or if it was like more of a bacteria or something like of that nature that it gets into the blood and it starts to mutate the blood into what it needs to be and what it needs to like. And then when it starts to panic, it starts to turn the thing into like this fucking abomination. I kind of picture being like kind of like a parasite. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, that's how hey, I felt sleeping, it was. Bro? He's got the color out of space in his fucking screensaver there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, let's roll then from the thing yeah. into Prince of Darkness, which I feel is probably um, the most un-Lovecraftian of the three. Um, it's more Hellraiser. I, I, <laughs> yeah. It also well, has I mean, kind of like uh, uh, ties to the void. Like there's a cult of people outside mm-hmm. the. That's what I was outlet. saying. Like that's the to me that was like the most. Um, the most Lovecraftian thing about it was also, that there's like this cult. It's formless, right? Mm, like yeah. they don't know what the fuck is going on. Yes. Are, they're being almost possessed or taking over mm-hmm. in some way. And then there's this thing that's bubbling that it's yeah. in there, but it's in the computer too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where and the like, fuck is it? Yeah. And it's, it's cool like, that it plays the science and religion in a really interesting way. Yeah. There's so much happening in this movie that I feel like, it, like, it was almost like doomed from the start you know like you could have easily had like a three-parter for prince of darkness where it's like the first movie is about like the homeless uprising and they're trying to figure out what the fuck is happening and then they figure it out and that segues way into the second movie where you have these people conducting experiments on the thing within the the tube and everything like that and some weird shit starts to happen you know you have a fucking beginning a a climax and then a, a resolution and somehow that spills over into what eventually starts happening with the students, with the woman with her face melting and turns into a killer and shit like that. Like, there's just so much fucking happening in this movie that it's, it's like when it's you watch it, weird. it's it it's weird. fucking like if, if you fell asleep for like five minutes while watching this movie and you woke up, you thought that the fuck that you slept for like two hours and you're on a new fucking movie halfway through it. You yeah. know, there's just so much fucking happening. In Why it. the fuck is Alice Cooper here? Yeah, who the fuck? Hot dog selling motherfucker. Um, I love Donald Pleasance. You're just he's he uh, and he is a special type. He's a special type of unhinged in that movie. Like that's him, like sort of like sort of at the end of his life, knowing that he can just phone it all in. Where he's like, I'm Donald fucking Pleasance. Like, 
I'm Doctor Loomis. Like you know, like, he's, he's notorious for for like having a sip. Oh yeah, yeah. Like and he wasn't even hiding. He's definitely movie. drunk as fuck throughout yeah. the film. Yeah, and he's dressed like a priest, so you know he was just sipping on Christ's blood like it was fucking going out of style. But it was hilarious. <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> but yeah, Prince of Darkness is interesting. It's an interesting choice. I like I like it. I like that movie a lot. I enjoy it. I really do. Yeah, I I think it's I don't know. There's something about that movie that just is so quintessential of that time of yeah. movie making. And I think it was it, it, it was in anyone else's hands to be a piece of shit. Because, like you said, it's so jam packed. I'm going to admit, I'm going to admit, it is not my favorite Carpenter film. No, definitely not my it's, favorite. It's like it toes the line. Like it's mm. like two seconds away from being garbage, but he just like pulls it out. Like, yeah, yeah. And not his castle freak cock. I mean, like. He... <laughs> Who said they wanted to see it? Who was that? That was me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Frank more though. Um, <laughs> Where, where's Frank? Double left. What are you up to? He's playing like video games or making beats right now. Yeah, yeah. he's not even. He doesn't give a fuck about this. <laughs> eat shit. Eat, eat shit. Yeah, yeah we're uh, Frank's working on our outro. We're gonna we're gonna stop putting bands at the end of this and just start fucking putting Frank making fat beats over people saying each shit. Oh yeah, fat shits. <laughs> All right, the third um, installment of the Apocalypse trilogy is in the, the mouth, mouth of, of madness. madness. Which uh, I think I think Sean, you sh- you got to watch it all the way through. Yeah, I and might this... have been a little intoxicated and judgmental when I put it on. You should you should, you so, should finish it because if you if you think he pulled it off at Prince of Darkness, you got to watch Mouth of Madness because the way he wraps it up. It's funny that end, you say that too. That you said like you may have been intoxicated and judgmental because like that's how like I ruin a lot of happiness in my own life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the Mouth of Madness, to me, is probably like it is it is the hardest nod to lovecraft to me when it comes to like it's like he's telling the story of lovecraft and what lovecraft created and shit like that when it comes to like this is supposed to be literature but it's affecting people Mm -hmm. you know and like the the aspect too that like the first time you're introduced to what sutter kane's writing does to people it's like some crazy dude who just like hacked up a few people with an axe or or i don't know if he if he hit anyone with the axe but he breaks down like a coffee shop window just to get into Sam Neill's face and ask him if he reads Sutter Kane. Like it drives them to madness. So I just think that that's interesting that I felt like Lovecraft or uh, that Carpenter was like, I'm just going to make a movie about Lovecraft and not say it's Lovecraft. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what he did. That was a box office flop too, right? Yep. Most of, most of Carpenter <laughs> shit was. <laughs> yeah. Does it have like, I know, I know you guys like it, but does it have like the cult status that the other films have? Yes. Yeah, it does. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and especially too when people found out that the all three of these movies were like a, a sort of a loosely based trilogy, um, that really kind of like solidified. Now you got to keep in mind this is fucking horror, and it's it's cult film status, you know. But uh, I think a lot of people really gravitated toward towards it more when they were like, "Oh, there's a there's a lineage here that you have to follow." Yeah, you know, 
like no no three of them connect in any way but you know there is an element of it that is like you know carpenters come out and said like all three of these movies end the same way like incredibly bleak you know um and maybe that's just it maybe the fact that like he says it's a trilogy is because this is him dabbling in cosmic horror yeah and well the ending of each of these movies is bleak as fuck yeah they're so bleak yeah so that's Um, definitely cosmic horror yeah (laughs) let's jump then from in the mouth of madness right to event horizon since we're talking about sam neil hamming it up on some cosmic horror all right um event horizon event horizon really has nothing to do with lovecraft at all the only thing that has to do with is that it's in the realm of cosmic horror that has to do with space and this idea of a different realm that is more uh suited in madness than it is reality it's also Uh, the unknown is there you know yeah there i watched uh this movie because of you guys thanks for that um (laughs) uh, is that a sarcastic thanks or did you uh, actually enjoy it i liked aspects of it but i felt like it was so fucking 90s and like i hated majority of the cast ah gotcha so yeah. like I don't care about these fucking people. Like I could care less. I hope they all get torn, torn to shreds. You know. <laughs> Rewatching it, I'm like, why does every character have to be cool? Like they keep trying to make everybody so fucking yeah. cool, and I'm like, god damn it! Like Cameron did it with Aliens, but it wasn't obnoxious. And then no, they tried they, so they tried to do it with the same crew, the crew in this, and it's like, no, this is obnoxious as fuck. Like these people fucking don't even they've never spoke to each other before. What the right. fuck? Like yeah. There's no like they have no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah. And yeah. it's like the jokes fall flat and like all these little tidbits in the dialogue is supposed to show like how close they are because they've gone on so many missions and did whatever. And it was like, no, mm. I'm not I'm not buying it. But then it gets fucking really cool. I'm like 50-50 on it. I think it's a cool movie, but I would definitely like, oh, why are they doing this right now? You know, like, right, right, like that right. kind of feeling. Like, why? Yeah. But you guys were like, it's so good. Dude, I'm not even going to lie. I love 90s horror. Like, I mean, I grew up in it. So it's like, it yeah. is such a staple of my childhood, but like the quick flashes you get and shit of like the hell realm and shit like that is it's really super like, it's, Clive. I mean, oh yeah, it's, oh it's yeah, Barker the fuck up. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I mean, I just had such a nostalgia because I I went and saw it in the theater when it came out, and I remember as a kid, uh, seeing on the cover of Fangoria magazine some of the imagery that they showed like during like the fast clips, and I was mm-hmm. like, dude, this movie looks so brutal. It looks like a cannibal corpse video in space. I was like, yeah. I have to go see this movie. Yeah. When you go to rewatch it, though, you're like, yeah, this doesn't hold up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it, if that's it definitely doesn't hold up. If that's your if that was your introduction to it, was that imagery, and then you go and see the movie, I understand entirely why you'd be let down. Like, yeah, because it's only like six seconds of the film. Yeah, Frank, and you, you, you love literally... it, Frank. Do you still love it though? Like um, all you guys, you still love it the way you did. Like I like shit that sucks. But I, because it's nostalgic, like, do you can, is it easier to overlook the flaws because you watched it then and have like a love for it? Well, I rewatched it because of this episode that we were doing. And, and then you were like, oh, man, I and I, 
<laughs> I don't I don't love it like I used to, but I there's still things I really admire about it. Yeah, it's definitely not my favorite, but I still love it. Yeah. There's something and like it's too like this like turned me on to sort of like the the idea of like this an alien kind of like turned me on to the idea that like space is fucking terrifying. Yeah. You know, it, like, it has like a weird alien Hellraiser mishmash. Yes, yeah. it absolutely does. You yeah. know, and to me, like, yeah, I understand why it would be annoying, but I don't know. I, yeah, I still love it. Have any of you seen Sunshine 2007? Yes. It, they were saying that this was kind of cosmic horror too, right? Well, the last act is cosmic horror. Yeah. Dive straight Which I felt horror. like, I just felt like that. I don't know that fucking that was weird to me the third act that, yeah because it's just like you don't feel <laughs> that that's this is where this movie is going at all yeah and then the third act throws this and you're like who the fuck are you it's like somebody sh- somebody you never met shows up to the family reunion yeah you're like who the fuck are you, you you're not my so fucking cousin I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you. moon with sam rockwell like i keep no. picturing moon and i'm like sunshine no. No, well, sunshine's with uh Dan- Danny Bart- Murphy. Yeah, Cillian, Cillian Murphy. And uh Cillian, is that his name? Killian. Yeah. Is it Killian? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was Killian. <laughs> Cillian. I'm like, oh okay. wait for the wait for the Irish guy to chime in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Killian. All right, Killian Murphy. You're Killian me. <laughs> uh Danny Boyle directed uh Sunshine. Danny Boyle did 28 so Days Later. 28 Days Later. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I probably have seen it. I why yeah. I'm drawing such a blank with this movie. When I first saw this movie, I loved it. I fucking loved it. I think it's the fucking music. I think the score of this movie is so well done. It's awesome. It's amazing. That's, yeah. that's got me too. I watched it on your recommendation for this podcast. And yeah, I was like, Sunshine is my new favorite uh, cosmic horror movie. Did you say non-cosmic? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I said, dude. I'm fucking shot. It's my favorite non-cosmic horror movie. That's what it sounded like. Non-Lovecraftian cosmic, I think is what he meant to say. Oh, I like Rose Byrne. That's a great cast. Why? I feel like I've seen this. All right, this is this is going on my queue. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, but it deals with the same ideas as uh, Event Horizon in a way, but less douchey. Way less douchey. Those characters are straight, dude. All those characters in Sunshine, the actors actually lived together for months before shooting, so they get to know each other. <laughs> they didn't do that for Event Horizon. No, they were like complete strangers. Like, yeah. hey, brother. Yeah. And actually, the only person who didn't live in the house was Killian Murphy. Because he's, he's a psychopath. He's the outsider of the group in the movie, so he didn't live oh. with them. I I mean, he didn't, is... go with, he didn't go to any of the dinners with... Uh... The rest of the cast of Oppenheimer, really? Yeah, he's a he's 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 an interesting dude. Like, they were like, "Yo, you know, you're like a meme," and he was just like, "What? What's that?" Like, <laughs> like he he's just old he school. Give, and he doesn't give a fuck. Any of it. There's there's all sorts of like pictures of him being at like press junkets, and he's just fucking miserable. Like, it's just like a photo montage of his face because he's like hates being there and doesn't. This isn't what it's about, you know. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to talk to four hundred people and get asked the same question. And he's like, I'm not being ungrateful. I just, it's not enjoyable, you know. Yeah, I like that. He's, he's a cool dude. Yeah, not just because he's Irish, though, you know. Because his name is Cillian, not Killian. 
all right. Is Hellraiser Cosmic Horror? Yes. The first mm-hmm. one. Before they added religion the into the mess. The second one too. But as they I, go, I, yeah, as I they go, that... they start becoming more religion, good versus evil bullshit. Yeah. Which is what not what uh Mr. Barker intended. No. Which I one would you say like that more? you like Hellraiser or Hellraiser 2? I think oh. Hellraiser has a better story. The first Hellraiser, the story's just it's cohesive, it's there. But the fact that you see more with Hellraiser 2 is why I go to that one. Constantly. Yeah, what I love about 2 is that you get to see more of the world and, and what's going on on the other side. I love all that. But yeah, 1 is just a fucking great story. And that's, that's great. And that's a nostalgic thing for me, like seeing that as a kid of Frank coming out of the fucking floor and all that. Like all that shit was just like horrifying. You know? It's so fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, they definitely so saying if these are co- if these are cosmic, I would definitely say that the first two are definitely cosmic horror, because you deal with like he's Frank's corpse says I'm in hell, help me. Yeah, but he's not really in hell. Like this is a whole different dimension, you know. And he's in like a sick fucking torturous realm. Yeah, yeah, and and I... like. The thing is, though, is that it, within that realm, pain is pleasure. So, yeah. technically, it's heaven. Like, if you think about it that, in that sense. Like, the the Cenobites are are not... Like, first and foremost, like, Pinhead... They made Pinhead sort of the main villain, but he was always just a fucking... He's a henchman. He was a nobody. Yeah. yeah. It was, it the was first... this popularity that they were like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, we got Actually, fight. it's funny, too, because I think even so, that the Cenobite chatter is actually higher ranked than Pinhead. Yeah. Like in, in the mythos of it all is that chatter is actually more highly ranked than, than Pinhead is. So well, what about the, the bitch? Would you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just checking. I mean, she, she, I mean, she had, she's in throat. Like, <laughs> yeah. More than three holes. She did. She had her throat opened up. So she's like the literal throat goat. She's yeah. got a bonus hole. Yeah, yeah dude. Maybe, maybe bonus more. You, hole. You, don't you heard about? Yeah. The, you heard about? Yeah, this? you don't know. They want. They want. <laughs> they want to, uh, like, not call vaginas vaginas. They're gonna call them bonus holes now. Really? And I think that's fascinating. Where did you hear? Where did you hear this? Where, yeah. Are you getting just, your news from YouTube as well? I probably am. But uh, <laughs> I, I, if if it wasn't real, it would be so hilarious. Like, yo. Yeah, I'm all about that bonus hole. You know what I mean? <laughs> the world is a crazy place. Bonus hole. I'm just like curious, like, how is the vagina a bonus hole? I guess if you're a man and you're not born with one, it's a bonus if you are. Or if you get a surgery to get one, it's like bonus. I don't know. <laughs> but you're getting yeah. rid of you're getting rid of the bone in order to get the us. Us, yeah. It's like I don't um, know. I don't know. This the world's feels... a crazy place, dude. It's wild. It sure. I feel is. like we're slipping into a whole other realm of cosmic. Yeah, my bad. That's me. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, so here's one for you. Going back to cosmic horror, 2018's Annihilation. Yeah, that was next on my list. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, this is interesting because this is the only movie 
that is cosmic horror, but not, it comes from a book that is not written by H.P. Lovecraft. Right. Yeah, it's written by uh, uh, Jeff Vermeer. I want to read it, actually. I want to check it out. Yeah, my girlfriend actually watched, uh, read it, and she said that she really liked it. Better um, than the movie, or? She's never seen the movie. We were actually going to watch it. Instead, we fucking watched Run, Rabbit, Run. Um, okay. When was that so, book written, do you know? Uh, early 2000s, I believe. Okay. Maybe 90s. It's funny because I, um, what I have written for Annihilation, it was in, I don't know, I there's no, I didn't read this anywhere. This is the parallel mm-hmm. I drew myself. I don't know if anybody's seen Stalker from 79. Tarkovsky's Stalker. No. So Tarkovsky is a Russian director. He's pretty much the right brain of Kubrick's left brain. He's okay. another fuck. He's another fucking madman. It's the exact same fucking premise as Annihilation. Mm. And and it came out in 79. So I was... There's I was, a, a shimmering in 79 too, or they call it something else? They just call it The Zone. So, yeah, mm. meteor, meteor hits this area. It's called The Zone. And if you find the center of it, any wish can come true that you want. Mm. The book Annihilation is 2014. Hmm. Interesting. I'm wondering who stole what from where. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny is um, a friend of mine listened to the audiobook of Annihilation after seeing the movie. And from what he described, a lot of this book is just written as journal entries. It's not even like mm. a cohesive story. Like it's I love I mean, it's, of him. That's like super Lovecraft right there. Which, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a fucking great parallel to draw there. I think that is that's interesting i didn't even think about that but apparently like he he then moved on to the second book which i think is called authority and he's like i just couldn't fucking get into it it was just a waste of goddamn time yeah but um annihilation as a movie is very interesting because like there there is very elements of cosmic horror there um since considering the fact that like the whole idea of the shimmer that something happened in this part of the world that caused it to basically like the the thing that the shimmer does to things is beautiful and horrifying all at the same time there's also a parallel to the thing yeah like the, the creature takes on the the shape of whatever dna of whatever it is and that's what the shimmering is doing yes it's pulling yeah. everyone's like genetic code and reworking it making yeah specifically the scene too where they find the corpse and it's like one that's into the wall yeah mashed into the wall and almost like floric in a way like it looks very uh sure yeah um that i mean like i said it's horrifying but it's also beautiful in a way so yeah um i can definitely see how the parallels are drawn from cosmic horror and where this came from and where it ended up yeah I liked the night. I really a lot. enjoyed the movie. It was cool. Yeah. Going on a suicide mission is fucking like, you know what I mean? Like, she, the stinky Portman already knows that her fucking husband, like, yeah, that was the end of him. You know what I mean? Right. And then they're going on this to see what's up. And that's that in itself is like pretty rad. Like, they're just like, fuck it. We know this is probably it. We have no idea how it's going to go. But it's probably going to go badly. Yeah, badly for them. Yeah. Um. 
And that, yeah, aren't they like in search of some sort of uh, like? I think they're looking. They're like the extraction team or something. Like yeah. They're looking for other people that are lost in the shimmer. Well, they're in there like the the uh, sorry. So like how they started, like how ever all the expeditions started is that they were in search of something within the shimmer. Is like what exactly caused it, what it's doing, and things like that. And there had been several teams that have been sent in and failed so another team and they fail and so on and so forth until you get to this team which essentially does the same fucking thing they go in and oh, fail but the only one just that knows anything seems to be jennifer jason lee yeah like, he's kind of like hip to what's going on yeah and her they face turns like, and her face turns into a firework at the end of the fucking movie yeah. so it's like i oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's uh, I need to watch that movie again. I've only really watched it once, but I just yeah. really, really, really when I was doing it. research, I was like, man, I, this is one I need to rewatch for sure. Yeah. Um visually it's dope too. Yeah, it's really oh, cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude, really the, cool. the fucking bear scene is straight the up man nightmare bear fuel. Pig. Yeah. <laughs> the woman man bear pig. It had a woman's voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I mean that fucking scene where it comes walking in and it opens its mouth and it's it's the help me scream is like yeah. fuck man that's yeah. fucked up yeah does anybody so, see uh, Black Mountainside mm-mm. oh that's a it's very much like the thing it's a team of archaeologists they go to the north and they discover a structure not an alien creature but they discover a structure and they each get driven to madness from this structure and start acting weird and killing each other. And it's, it's very low budget, but like, it's really cool what they pulled off with no money. You know what I mean? Just a group of dudes out in the middle of the fucking cold ass woods. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool. You should check it out. It's in 2014. Um, Does under the skin fall under cosmic horror? I've never seen that. Yeah, I don't think I've, I've I've heard of it, and I've I know the concept of it, but I've never seen it. But that's ScarJo, right? Yeah, yeah and so she, hot. yeah, she basically is an alien and fucking screws dudes and then kills them, right? Uh, I just read the the book recently. She sacrificed her body in her normal alien form to to wear like a human suit to seduce people. But she doesn't understand anything like the alien and the her, like who she really is. She's learning the language and intonation and what people's motives are. Like she's learning everything off the cuff just to like seduce them to feed them into like a grinder that will feed her alien race somewhere else. And the more and more she like is doing this, she's seeing like aspects of like humanity that's fucked up. But then she's also seeing things that she's like, I don't, I don't have that. And that's, it. there's like this weird thing where she's like repelled by humans, but then also like, oh, I almost wish I had those traits, you know? And then it winds up being like, the the movie's different than the book and they're both like, kind of like fucked up, but. That sounds like species with better writing. Yes, basically. Yes. Species with heart. Yeah. <laughs> but Natasha was a babe, so. Yes, she true. was. True. Um, I guess that, I mean, I, I could definitely see it taking up space in the cosmic horror realm. Or is it it's, more alien horror? 
I, I, yeah, I think maybe that that is ha- it. Like it's cosmic horror in a sense of like, you know, the the like the unknown and and things like that, but uh, or scientific discoveries type deal or whatever. But I think also too, um, that it's probably if we put it on the list, it's probably the least most. Yeah, <laughs> she was so unreasonable. <laughs> if only you could just talk to Natasha. I don't know. <laughs> um so 2009 there was a movie called pandora Never seen. Uh, it's not good but it could be considered cosmic horror it has to do with like fucking outer space and, and that type of nonsense um i don't know i just basically put it on my list because i was like has anybody seen this what do you think but nobody else has seen it so no <laughs> we can no. move on yeah, I'm gonna go um, with it's whack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I heard really bad shit about that movie. Yeah, yeah, it's not that good. Uh, um, has anybody seen The Endless 2017? No, I, it was one of those ones I kept hearing about. This. So, there's a group, there's a, there's a duo, uh, Benson and Moorhead. Uh, they have a whole series of films, and all of them, I would say, flirt with the idea of cosmic horror. Lovecraft. They, are, are these the same folks that did Spring? Yes. They're like this duo and they do all these fucking movies and they're very low budget, but they really utilize what they have. And The Endless is pretty cool because it's about two brothers that um detracted, cult, right? They detracted from a UFO death cult. Mm. And then they go back to figure out what was so strange about that cult to visit them. And as they're there, all this weird shit starts happening. And I don't know. I was I was really enthralled by the movie because it's use, it's minimal use of CGI with practical is really well, mm-hmm. really well done. And I don't know. I just think Benson and Moorhead are really great at how they utilize what they have at their disposal. Mm-hmm. They recently got picked up and now they're doing Moon Knight or whatever the fuck that superhero shit is. Fucking but, gross. But I would I'd recommend their movies overall, like just from an independent standpoint, I think they do a really great job. Cool. No, I haven't seen the endless, but I want to. There's something about like the things I read about it that are just like it, it calls out, and I'm like, I, I need to fucking watch that. It's a slow burn, and, and it's not like a ton of action. But when things do happen, you're like, oh fuck, you know, like yeah. it, it's startling, you know. Yeah. Their 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 timing is really on point. Hmm. Um. Well, here's here's one that's it's definitely inspired, but I don't know if it's it's uh, probably not in any way Lovecraftian. But uh, Cabin in the Woods, I uh, had the that. idea, the idea of like the Elder Gods and things like that. I think is very uh, a very Lovecraftian uh, thing. Yeah, the fact Are, that they're pleasing the gods, and yeah. they destroy the fucking horror genre as a whole at the end. Yeah, like it's it's pretty Lovecraftian. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like cool at the time, but it was something I was like, I'm, I'll never rewatch this. Yeah, we talked yeah. about this. On yeah, we've had this discussion yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, talk about everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I have one more on my inspired list. It's a 2012 film called John Dies at the End. Um, um, yeah, I've never watched it. It's kind of more of a. It's got horror elements, but it's also kind of a comedy action film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting like interdimensional travel time travel uh like strange creatures that are very lovecraftian inspired um 
yeah it, it's a fucking hodgepodge of a different shit but it was entertaining when i watched it didn't have any have didn't have really any high rewatch value because i never went back and revisited it but i just remember watching it and being like yeah it was that's fine yeah i never seen that i remember it being i started at one time and i was like this is i'm not this is not for me right now i was just like mm-hmm. not in the headspace it was wild as fuck yeah that's all i got tested on like uh whatever streaming app like it's been like oh you would like this and i'm like yeah yeah, what I probably not probably not. I don't believe you, Netflix. Oh, I'm not trusting you, man. <laughs> Has anybody seen The Empty Man from 2020? No, but it kept popping up on lists that I was looking yeah, at. I watched it because of this episode and I was fairly impressed for a newer horror movie. I was fairly impressed by it. I mean, yeah. I thought it had some genuinely creepy fucking moments in it. There's some really cool shit in it. It's just this group of hikers or whatever, and they this one they fall under the spell of some kind of fucking otherworldly creature there's some there's some genuinely good fucking scares in it though and like mm-hmm. moments you're like fuck that was really well done one of the things that i saw when i was researching uh was talking about that movie and saying that it was marketed completely wrong mm. like, the way it was pre- i never heard of it so i was doing research for this i heard of it but i thought it was just like another like blumhouse sort of like yeah it's like, not Blumhouse, like, like a rum of run of the mill sort of thing, and right. like, this this movie actually has like integrity, and they're trying to do something. Does pretty fucking cool. I and think. I was like, oh, I thought it was just like a piece of shit immediately. Yeah, because well, I mean, like you had like that movie that came out a few years before called The Bye Bye Man, and then just and recently Slender Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Slender Man, and then re- just recently now The Boogeyman came no. out, and like I haven't seen that either, but something tells me it's probably going to be another fucking. Fuck you, man. Yeah, glad I missed that one. Um, so yeah, so what is this one called? The the empty man or the empty man. Yeah, yeah, so it kind of falls into that whole thing where you're just like, I'm so sick to death of fucking men movies. Yeah. What what <laughs> <laughs> what I did appreciate really a lot about this, it, um you know, you're watching a horror movie and you're like, You wouldn't fucking say that or you wouldn't do that. Like, I would just get the fuck out of that situation. This guy does it. The main character, yeah. the shit he says and the shit he does. Oh, you're like, he like runs away from the fucking. Yeah, like this is exactly what <laughs> I would do. Not yeah. now or whatever the fuck he says. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. that he's was just... on, that was on like the the snippet that I saw. That's one of the, that's one of the best scenes actually. Yeah, there's he's he stumbles upon this cult and they're doing this ritual and this fire's reaching up in the sky, and every one of them turn and look at him at the same time, and just start fucking. They break it and start running toward him. He's like, fuck no. And he just starts I don't know, like the, the, the dialogue and like his responses to things are so genuine that it pulls you in. Yeah. Did so you that, watch was this on Shutter or anything? Uh I I got you. I, yeah. <laughs> Nefari- <anyway>. Nefarious means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, did anyone see Glorious? No, I never heard of it. Uh, glorious is interesting i watched the trailer for it but i haven't seen the movie yet i want to watch it it looks like one of those movies that takes place in one area okay um this guy goes like he's like on like a road trip or some shit and stops at like a a a roadside bathroom and there's a glory hole Uh and there's like this fucking real interesting creepy uh like monster drawn on it where the mouth is at but something starts talking to him from the other side i have basically. seen this 
No yeah. one should talk from the other side of the glory hole. <laughs> I, I, man, how did I you're, see this? You're ruining the mystique <laughs> of the glory hole. <laughs> well, now I know it's a dude. I'm out of here. <laughs> I just wanted to come. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen this. The come of Cthulhu. Nothing is. Cthulhu <laughs> <laughs> who? Cthulhu <laughs> blew you through the glory hole. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it, but the trailer I watched, I was like, I Coming. have seen this. It's a newer movie, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, think I think it's a 2022 release, if not 2023. I probably watched it last year. I think I have yeah. seen it. It was uh, yeah. it was entertaining. There's yeah. definitely some funny moments. It's more horror comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting more the gist of from the trailers. I'm yeah. like, there's no way that this is going to be like not funny. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's like, it's like bad okay, Milo, cool. bad Milo type shit. You know. <laughs> All right, I got two more things to talk about. I don't know anybody All else right. got anything. No, I'm good to roll. So I want to bring up 2019's The Lighthouse. Hmm. Okay. Which to um, me is the perfect example of like non-Lovecraftian cosmic horror. Because it actually pushes the genre forward in, a, in an interesting way. I feel Could, like Mermaid Vagina would be Lovecraft. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you get some tentacles in there. You get some mermaid pussy. It's. I love how batshit that movie is. It is. And I mean, is it even horror? Like, I when after when I that left, it's horrible, bro. I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't know. That. <laughs> I've eaten calamari before, but being like, 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 like the, the, the realistic thing of like two dudes being like on this island and losing their shit that's real life mm -hmm. horrible. Anything when I think of horror, I don't think of the lighthouse. I'm not saying that like when I watched it, I was like, this isn't like there's some shit in there that made me genuinely like uncomfortable it made my skin yeah, yeah. crawl and shit but then it's like at the same time like it is a it's it's a different kind of horror film it it's is. just it's it's unlike anything i've ever that's, seen before that's why i'm saying i think it pushes it forward yeah with the gulls man i do like that is interesting that's a, that's a, a very like fair thing to say where it pushes the genre along because it is like it almost is like it you don't even realize it's doing that right until you take a step back from it and take a look at what it how it made you feel rather than like what you were even seeing and yeah i think you become part of that whole experience and it's like what what i like about it is they're driven to madness by knowledge because they want to know or, or young because they only call the guys young and old you know that that's their only fucking yeah. names young wants to know what the light is and old is up there experiencing it right we get those glimpses of what he's whatever the fuck he's doing up there but the one thing you never see, you never see old touch the light. And young at the very end touches the light and gets to know what the unknown is. And the next shot is him fucking dead on the rocks. So, like, you don't even... Do you think even... anything about, like, uh, this? that could be, like, sort of a, a, an Icarus-type thing? It could the, be. The, the story of Icarus gets too close to the sun and plummets down the rocks. open to interpretation like whatever whatever i think yeah i think i think edgar's does a great job of wrapping all these different mythologies up because there's a lot of odin mythology in there with the killing mm -hmm. of the seabird the one eye yeah. all those things he puts there's, in the effort he definitely does oh that he's not a fucking Edgar's is fucking dope he's not a dummy i mean that guy yeah. it goes deep and he pulls it all together too and it's not a fucking mess you know yeah. it's it keeps you engaged and 
I don't know. I think Lighthouse to me is a perfect movie to end on because it pushes cosmic horror to another level. I said it earlier. I'm Team Edward, and uh, him and there you go. Him and Defoe, they fucking they're killed it. Like they were killed so it. fucking good with each other. Like so you know, good. it's funny because like I've it's never really, fine. I never really watched anything with Robert Patterson. Like I know he was in Twilight, and I was immediately like, "Fuck that guy." And then I watched the first this one. film. You watch enough yeah. garbage. Watch the first one. <laughs> You know what's uh, up? Nah. Watch, it's... watch, watch Good Time. <laughs> he, plays a, he plays a rock, like a fucking shady dude from Queens, and he spent like a I month. Thought ta- I thought you were talking about the show Good Times. So I was like, I watch no, Good no, Times. Uh, Robert pa- Robert Pattinson was in this low budget like movie with the same guys that made Uncut uh, Gems with Adam Sandler. Their okay. first movie was with Robert Pattinson, and he like took no money so he could make this film because he like was all about it and he spent a month at queen center mall a couple miles down fucking just watching people and listening to their accent and just being like straight queens right it's fucking it's pretty cool it's got like an 80s vibe he's a good actor man and i like the new batman too i'm a patent (laughs) i like him i didn't need three hours of batman though yeah yeah I, I got sick to death of watching him mope around with mascara running from his fucking face. But Lighthouse definitely made me respect him as an actor. Yeah, I'll he's agree good. with that. I thought yeah. that, like, I was like, okay, so when he's, like, working with a fucking director who's like, this is your motivation. Yes. This is what I want you to do. Like, he yeah. can do that really, really well. Right. Um, or that he, if he believes in it, like the, the project you said when he was filming in Queens, it seems like he needs, it's, he seems like an actor who needs that type of a motivation. He, he needs gets, either someone he, to... He, he gets into character. Like, he's not like, he doesn't just show up. It's it's like he he does his homework. Eggers is, Eggers is doing uh, Nosferatu remake. Yeah. Is, yeah, is he the one doing the... That. I don't know if we need oh, that. It'll, it'll probably be dope, but I don't know if we need that. With uh, Willem Dafoe is playing... Count Orlock. Is, is so. this the movie where it's it's taking place on the ship? No, that's the Demeter. I was excited about that when uh the showrunner was initially Robert uh Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm talking like 15 years ago, he was like trying to get this movie made and it it fell through. And now it's made and it's got like some Game of Thrones guys in it. It looks like it could be cool, but I think it would be way cooler with Vigo. Mm. Yeah, it, it looks too Game of Thrones. Mm. Maybe. Maybe it's probably the same crew. Great premise, though. These guys are probably all. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have a. We have a. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo. Right. So, so for for the for the listeners, Frank has dropped the off onion line and he's messaging us. I don't know what is happening. Check out his video. What is that? Is I that have no fun? idea, dude. Frank, Frank, was that uh, the Onion Night? Now so he's we, just he's just disrupting the whole thing. <laughs> we have uh, uh, that was Stannis. Got you. Nice. He, he took a he took a moment out of the podcast to show us his <laughs> toys. Yeah. Uh, 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 a call yeah. has uh, has chimed in. Yes, I would. Uh, I, I would. Detective a bit cosmic horror. Yes. Yes. Until the last episode, because then it be, it's revealed it's not. Well, everything about it that first that 
something more. That first to... season is so fucking good, and everything so good. leads into like the Yellow King and the fucking yeah. Lost City of uh, Carcosa. Yeah, they Love play. It. It's so good. It's so well done. And Alexandra then the last... Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And then the last episode. Oh, it's just uh, good versus evil, Marty. No, it's not good versus evil. It's got to be bigger than that. Like, they they really watered it down with the last episode, in my opinion. But he was also like talking to him at, while he was all fucked up, like probably yeah. not. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know if he was like watering it down or just being like, you know, it, you're gonna be okay, bud. You know, like that. Well, I think what I took away from it was that like this character has gone this entire time with this deeper meaning and these deeper thoughts and everything that, that lead him to this final confrontation with something that is truly in this realm evil. And you're talking about a man who lost his daughter, killing a man who kills young children. So I think that it's maybe not necessarily in an aspect of like, it needs to be bigger than that. I think that he saw it for what it was finally, and then kind of relaxed back into this feeling of uh, like, it is just good versus evil because it was fucking driving him insane. Now the, the dude at the end was slipping knuckles into his own sister, right? Slipping (laughs) knuckles. (laughs) There's a lot more knuckles, man. (laughs) I'm like, I'm always like, she's his fucking sister, right? Slipping knuckles into the bonus hole. People are fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's. (laughs) All right, let me uh, let me let me put an ender on this. Get fucking going. Uh, Thank you all so much for for joining us. Well, on this episode, uh, Sean, Frank, thank, thank you, guys. you guys so much for sitting in with us on this. This is uh, we got to do the next fun. one in person. Yeah, okay, yeah, next thank one in you. person thank with lots of beers. Love doing this; it's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, uh, we're gonna pick up more fun topic next time with you guys though, because cosmic horror is a dense fucking thing to tackle. It's a downer, dude. It is a downer. <laughs> I mean, but this is how it should end, right? Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> fitting. Nose diving into the fucking mountains. This right into the abyss, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, if you would like, go ahead and check out our back catalog. because I'm sure there's something back there tasty that you'll, you'll enjoy. Um, but, yeah. We will catch you next month with another fun and exciting topic of horror. I'm excited for next month, actually. We got some cool I shit. I too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Me Cheers. too. Cheers.
this was a long one. Uh, I'm going to edit out Frank because he wasn't even here. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Frank's like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he typed ah, ah. <laughs> I didn't do my research, guys. Yeah. I'm... I'm... <sighs> So the audience can't see this, but what makes it so much funnier is that we can see Frank laughing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just see a fucking blue glowing head laughing in the darkness. Show me what you got. <laughs> Come on, Frank. Swallow some beer tabs and get in the fucking game here. 